one of you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. I wonder. You know, everything that God does, He does through His Word. Amen? So, stand up. (laughs) The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. It's an amazing thing that two people can be in a service, and they hear the word of God. One gets very excited in God's blessing, and the other person heard the same words and got nothing out of it. It takes only the grace of God. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by God's spirit. Unless God gives us grace, we hear and really not hear. So tonight, I want to continue with the word of God. I title this, You are blessed. You are blessed. It's truly what we see in the Word of God. The very first thing a man, man heard from the mouth of God after he was created, the very first words that man heard was, Be blessed. Be blessed. And you know, God has not changed his mind. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We change, but God never changes. God remains the same. His desires remain the same. What he wanted then, he wants today. We live in time. God doesn't live in time. God's still the same person. He hasn't changed. When he created us, he wanted us blessed. Be fruitful and multiply. And he set everything in place so that the earth will replenish itself. And on Sunday we said, we can help by praising God. Amen. (laughs) When we praise God, then the earth will give an increase. That's what God created the world to be. Everything is together. And if you read in Hebrews, God is holding everything by the word of his power. Holding everything together by the word of his power. So God wants you to pay good attention to his word. That's where everything is at. The blessing is in his word. Jesus is the word. God does nothing without the word. He sent his word, his son, and healed them. It's always the word. It's always the word. Let me tell you this. Whenever you're going through something, a difficult time as a believer, please understand, just get that principle that God has given to us. It's a law. Just as good as the law of gravity. You need to understand and accept it. All things work together for good. No matter how tough it is, when God allows you to go through it, If you are in tune with him, 
when it's all over, you're blessed. You've been blessed. You're blessed. Balaam said, you can't curse what God is blessed. That's what Balaam said in his prophecy. God is not a man that he should lie. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. There is nothing I can do to reverse what God's blessed. And if you are a child of God, you are blessed. God has blessed you. You are a blessing going somewhere to happen. Amen. Listen to this scripture here. I'd like to let you know you are like Job. We talked about Job. You are like Job. God had fenced you around for protection. He demonstrated his person in Job. And guess what? Job accepted by faith. And you know what? God wants to brag about what's going on in your life, even to Satan. Have you seen my son Roy over there? He believes me and he loves me. And look, and, and Satan is thinking about the blessing and God says, you don't get it. He loves me. And because he loves me, I'm blessing him. You think if I take the blessing away, he'll change? No, he won't change. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We just heard about that. Nothing changes. When you love God, you stay blessed. Amen? So the word says in Deuteronomy, and I'm going to talk about this tonight. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, beginning verse 3. It says, God says, so I humbled you. Allowed you to hunger. Notice, I didn't make you hungry. I allowed it. The enemy was the one doing it. I allowed you. I allowed you to suffer hunger. I allowed you to go through whatever you're going through. I allowed you. If God doesn't allow it, it won't come. God does not allow us to go through anything that we are not able to handle. He said, I allowed you to hunger, and then I fed you with manna which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know. I did that. I allowed you to go through it, but I still took care of you. So whenever you're going through something, God's there with you. If he's allowing you to go through it, he's already there helping you to go through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Are you still going to go through the shadow, valley of the shadow? Oh, yes. Is it really nice in there? No, it's painful. But the Lord is with you, so you don't fear anything, any harm coming upon you. God's going to allow you to go. If we, the problem is we don't trust God enough. We don't trust him enough. All things work together for good. That's what it says. It says, I allowed you to go through hunger and I fed you. The reason I was doing that, the reason I allowed you to go through difficulty is this, that he might make you know. I want you to know this. That man shall not live by bread alone. That means you live by bread. That's part of it. But not by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
that's how you make your living. You can work to make a living, but if you really want to live, the word is what you need. God wants you to know if you want to make a real living, a true living on this earth, you need the word of God. That's why he allowed you to go through. When you're going through and you're not learning the lesson that what you really need to lean on in life is the word. God keeps bringing them, allowing you to go through more troubles until you learn to trust God's word. Otherwise, you will lean on your own understanding. You will lean on your own flesh. You will lean on other people. You will call your brother that can help you. If you won't call God, God says, okay, so you're calling him for help. You're going to have more. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You're going to have more until you learn that the only place where you can find release is trusting in what God has said. That's what he says in his word. Just for you to know that you make a living out of every word that proceeds from his mouth. That's how we live. And then God reminded them, your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. They were in the wilderness. Think about it. (laughs) If you're wearing the same clothes for 40 years... (laughs) You know what's going to happen, right? That was the Old Testament. They were wearing the same shoes, right? I mean, God took care of them. But the thing God saying to us, and Jesus said it to the, to the devil in temptation, man does not live by bread alone. Remember that? Yeah. He's repeating it again. So we in the New Testament will know if you're going to live, you're going to live through the Word. That's the only place to go. It's strange how Satan makes people have all kinds of opinions of their own separate from the Word of God. And they don't want to receive the Word of God. They'll tell you stuff like, yeah, I know, but have you heard that? They'll tell you they agree with you that the word says it, but they have their own feelings about it. What has your feeling got to do with what God says? You're going to tell God, well, you said this, but let me tell you the way it really is on earth, right? You're going to teach him something that he doesn't know? But that's what we do when we use the word, but i got to be real. Have you heard that? I just want to be real. If you want to be real, get real with the Word of God. Amen? That's real, real. It doesn't matter what, the, 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 what comes in the mail. Trust what God says about you. He said He will take care of you. And God will take care of you. God always has another plan that you're not thinking about. You're thinking this way and you're thinking this is the way God's going to do it. God doesn't want to do it your way because you finally think I'm really smart. But God wants to do it his way. And you say, well, I didn't didn't see that. And guess who gets the glory? He gets the glory. We got to trust what God says. Now, let me say this. You are blessed of God. The curse doesn't exist anymore. I mean to say to you, if you're listening to me tonight and you're hearing my voice, God has blessed you. 
danced according to his word. The very first word, the sermon, the sermon that Jesus, uh, the recorded sermon of Jesus, the very first one, the biggest one, Matthew chapter 5. What are the first words that were spoken? Blessed, right? That's the way it starts. That's the way it's going to end. From the beginning all the way to the end. When Jesus spoke his great sermon on the mount, first words, blessed. Old Testament, and you hear this from preachers, Old Testament ends with curse. Jesus starts, blessed. Because that's been God's original intent. It will never change. And today, the Bible says Jesus has taken the curse of the law away. There is no curse in your part anyway. There is nothing. The curse means something hindering you from progress. Can you get that? Curse means something holding you back from enjoying the abundant life that Jesus. But that no longer exists because of the blood. And I've said this here, the blood of Jesus lives. It's alive. It's a living being. How do I know this? He speaks. And so when you speak the blood of Jesus, he's speaking blessings upon your life. You heard preachers, they tell you, just plead the blood, right? Because as you plead the blood, you're saying, I'm I'm hiding under the blood. And the blood begins to speak. The blood is alive. It's on the mercy seat of God. And he speaks on your behalf. And he never speaks a curse. He speaks blessing constantly upon your life. Your children, your business, everything that that you have in your life. Amen. Let me read this, uh, the same Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's take through, and please, don't look to your own resources, and don't try to figure it out, okay? Because you won't be able to get it. Let's just believe it, and act like it's true, because it's true, okay? When we say, let's just act like it is, no, no, no. Let's act like it, because... uh, It's a faith thing, right? But it's really true. This is the truth. Let's act just the way he says it here. In verse 11, the same Deuteronomy chapter 8, he says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I have commended you today. In other words, he goes back to Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's not lying to us. He's telling us the truth. It's really uh, because of our nature. He He didn't have to say words like, Assuredly or truly, I say to you, why should he say that? He's God. He's not going to lie to us. But because we are filled with unbelief, he has to tell us that or assure us. I assure you that what I'm saying is the truth. Would you just accept it? That's it. You know, two times in scripture I read that Jesus was so amazed. Two times. You won't find that he was shocked. First time was when the centurion came to him and said, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak a word and my servant is going to be healed. Jesus was shocked. This, 
Gentile understands the principle that holds the universe together. This guy is smart. He was amazed. And then the other time was when he went into Nazareth and did think, this is Jesus, carpenter's son, Joseph's son. Where did he get this stuff from? They were filled with unbelief. And he said Jesus could not do many signs. Couldn't. The God of the universe could not make people well. He just talked to a few sickly folks. And he says he was amazed at their unbelief. God was shocked. May that never happen to my life in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray for myself. May you never experience that, okay, in Jesus' name. God amazed at your unbelief. I don't want that. I want him to be amazed at the fact that I trust him. Amen. When you are anxious and you stay anxious, the truth is you don't trust God. That's the truth. You don't. When I'm anxious, that's the way it is. If you trust him, you will rest. The Bible is very clear. He who believes does not make haste. When you start trying all kinds of stuff, it's because you don't trust him. And he knows it. And the devil also knows. You can't hide it. Like I said, when the epileptic boy came around, they couldn't cast him out. Jesus knew there was unbelief, and the devil also knew there was unbelief. He wouldn't go. He stayed in the boy until there was faith. Both God and Satan will know when there is real faith. So we got to believe the word of God. Amen? He says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping the commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I commend you today. And we are. You know why I know we are keeping his commandments? Why are you here today? Are you not seeking God? What makes you clean? Is it not the words that you hear from the word of God? You think you can clean yourself? Jesus said, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. You can clean yourself. Your heart for God, that's not you. That's him walking through you. He is the one that gives us the power both to will and to do his good pleasure. He's not you. And because of that, you're blessed. Now listen to this. Lest when you, the word is when, not if. Before I go into the scripture, listen. When, can you say the word with me? When, not if. God says, don't forget me. Not if you start doing it. This is when. That means it will happen. You will have to believe it. Let's see what he's talking about when here. When you have eaten and are full. That means you will always eat and be full, right? And when you have eaten and are full and have what? Built. Did you, is that in your Bible? <laughs> Did you see that? Did he say if? He says when. <laughs> well, yeah, immediately I'm going to say, well, how is God going to do that? Is he going to give me a, a better job? I'm not a doctor. How is God going? Did he ask you how he's going to do it? He says when. 
Am I challenging you tonight? Let's challenge ourselves to trust God. We don't have to believe and trust how he's going to do it. He said when. When you have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when you heard that wo- that's one group of business. And your flocks, that's another side of a business, another kind of business you have. They multiply and your silver, the word is when, right? Lest the people of the Ark Fellowship, I say this and I'm very serious now. Let's start believing that God wants to multiply gold and silver for us. Amen? And that's what I pray. Because until we believe it, the windows of heaven will not be opened. We have to believe these things. We have to believe these things. You can't do it on your own strength. I'm coming to that. I pray I have a way to get to this message. Because I think Satan is really giving us a lot of trouble with deception. And we are leaning on our own understanding and trusting in our own strength and wisdom. But I'm trying, I'm saying, God, please help me. Because as God opens the world in Revelation, I want to see him walk in my life and in your life. I told somebody this week, uh, the last page of your life has not been written. It's not over yet. Amen? The last page has not been written. I'm not going to what happened in the past. I am going to, between me and my God, I want to trust God. This is your word. Take these words to the Lord himself. This is what you said, O Lord. And I know you cannot lie. Because until you take these words to yourself and you begin to talk to God about it, there is no transaction between heaven and yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Until you talk to God about it. This is what you said, O Lord God. And I know you cannot lie. Let your words be fulfilled in my life. That's what happened to David. When David was told that the Christ will come through him, he didn't understand it fully. David was a prophet. The Nathan, the prophet, is to us, is easy. But Nathan was just another friend of David's. We don't realize that. Nathan was David's friend, even though he was a prophet. And then your friend walks in and says, Thou shalt the Lord. And no one says, Are you sure that God really said that to you? Hello. <laughs> but David took it to heart that there will be, always be a king sitting on the throne from you. And David went and sat before God. He says, Why have I found so much favor in your sight? He believed it. He believed it. He said, why have I found so much favor? Who am I that you are so kind to me? He sat, and if you listen to the word, he went there and he sat for a while saying nothing. Just before God. He left his home, went into the tabernacle or the temple and sat down before God. And then he started talking to God. He said, now, why do you like me so much? (laughs) A man after God's own heart. That's one of the reasons. Amen? That's one of the reasons. He sat down before God and he said, why do you like me so much? My father's house, what's going on? 
I found so much favor on your side. You've blessed me. You've made me, look, you've made me the king. You've blessed me. And now you're saying you're going to do this for me? You didn't do that for Saul. You're going to do that for me? David understood. The throne was taken away from Saul. He knew that. And now God was making a promise and he knew God. The gifts and callings of God are what? Without repentance. Irrevocable. He knew that. And then he told God, he said, now that you've said this, make sure it's done, okay? (laughs) He he pressed God on it. Make sure you do it. And guess what? Jesus came. Amen? And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is going to be the king forever. That promise to David has been fulfilled. But here's God's word for us today. When your silver and your gold multiply, the only thing God wants, don't forget me. That's what he says. Don't forget me. Remember the source. That's what he's saying. That's what is important to him. And then if you go to verse 18, please let's take this to heart. And I pray that God will change all of our hearts tonight. Don't argue with the word of God. Don't try to figure it out. Okay? Let's believe it. And then we'll come into this. I, maybe I should just go to it first. Okay? We like to labor. We like to do something. Right? So we can feel like, yes, I've done something. I did it. You know, it's way back in my sermon, but I got to bring it out here. Because it's not your labor. It's your believing. In John chapter 6, after Jesus multiplied the bread, okay? They were looking for him to make him king, right? King to give us bread to eat. Man, these guys, they loved that bread. I mean, it was good. They looked for Jesus and then they finally found him. And Jesus said, I know you're not looking for me because you saw this miracle. <laughs> you ate the bread. That's, you want more bread. That's what you want. And he said to them, don't labor for the food that perishes. But labor for the food that will carry, on, carry you on unto eternal life. You know what they said to him? What can we do to do the works of God? In other words, we want to labor so we can have to eat. That's the same labor. You know what Jesus told them? This is the works of God that you believe. You want to work? Believe. This is the work of God that you believe. The one who is sent. Who was the one that sent? He is the word. Believe in the word. That's labor. It takes labor. And believe me, when you believe God's word, there is fruit. It's eternal fruit. Believe in the word of God. This is where we struggle with unbelief. We can't believe enough. Abraham believed. Those individuals believed. And Jesus has already told us, if you can only believe, the thing that is stopping me from being blessed is not and nothing else but my unbelief. I'm trying to figure it out. And everyone around me talking to you and uh, telling you things and Satan whispering through, sometimes through friends, 
to discourage you not to step out on God's word. But we have to trust God's word. The day we decide we don't care what anybody says, and we're going to stay with God's word, God would have found a friend. That was Abraham. Abraham, God says it. He's going to do it. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's going to act on it. And he's going to believe it. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? So, is it God's will to give you power to get wealth? <laughs> I told you the story about the guy who said, we only believe about the guy that has the thin Bible. Remember that? He, was, he, he, he goes to church and pastor says, we don't believe in the Old Testament. That was for them. He goes back home and he rips the whole Old Testament off because we only read what we truly believe. And every time pastor says we don't believe this part, he goes back home and he rips it off. And finally, he had only a few pages that they truly believe in their church that he carried around reading with excitement. You believe what is written in the word. Amen? So that's what the word tells us. He says, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Why? Why? That he may. Who is he? That's God. So God needs, if I understand the scripture correctly, he needs wealth in my hand. Maybe you should interpret it for me. You know, a lot of Christians, they fight against these things. And I tell you what, the enemy is behind it. Because he knows if you agree with the word, then God's going to establish his covenant with you. And then his kingdom will grow. So he tells Christians lies and they're constantly fighting it. And I've noticed what the devil does. If he wants to bring in something, he gives it a label. Okay? That is nasty, so people don't want anything to do with it. That's how he's made gay marriage, everything very accepted. If you say uh, your homosexuality is wrong, the next word is you are a hater. Who wants to be called a hater? So you shy away from saying anything about it, right? Because of the label. He doesn't want you to stop it. So now even ministers are afraid to speak. I remember Bill O'Reilly was saying, I'm looking for any pastor in the United States that will come and say something on my television program against what the Supreme Court has done. And he says, they will not come. And he was asking, I think it was Ingram, he said, why won't they come? She said, they are afraid. I thought, wow. Who wants to be called a hater? That's what the devil does. So he takes it. So if you believe the word of God, he says, that's prosperity teaching. And I don't like prosperity teaching. And so you shy away from it. He's got you where he wants you. Because as, as long as that stays in your head, you'll never believe that word. And I tell you, we are spirit beings. When you've imbibed it, he, it doesn't go out of you overnight. He takes a lot of work to change what you think. You know, I went through some teachings, and I've said that here when I was younger, where uh, uh, my preacher just threw at us all kinds of strange doctrines, like going to university was wrong, that's ungodly. 
It took me years to get rid of all of those. It doesn't happen overnight. Because it's spiritual. So when you've been lied to, and they've used label to put you aside so you don't receive the word, it's hard for you to get there. Believe me, it's not that easy. That's the kind of doctrines I heard until I started looking at the scriptures. And sometimes you have to really spend time praying and fasting. God, change me, not from the head, from my heart. So I can believe this word. Because once you believe, then you rest. But as long as you're still wondering, you can't rest. And as long as you're double-minded, you can't get anything from God. You see, that's where Satan wants us. He wants us to be double-minded. But you can see everyone that wants with the covenant, beginning from Abraham all the way down, Isaac, Jacob. Of course, there was an overflow for Esau. Joseph, Judah, they prospered. Because the blessing was in force. Amen? We've had a Jewish man in our church way back then. And he, I was teaching this in those days a lot. And he had gotten to be a Christian. He told me, uh, I think his name was Ross. Yes, Ross, right, Angela? And uh, I was, he heard me teaching. And he said to me, uh, you know, before I became a Christian in our Jewish home, if you ever said... Uh, words like, for example, if things become very difficult for you uh, in life and uh, you couldn't make it, everybody will stop what they're doing in town. Like, what did you say? We're Jews. We prosper. Amen? We're Jews. He said, after I got to be a Christian, that's when they started teaching me something different. (laughs) And look at me now. This is the truth. God's going to bless the Ark Fellowship. Amen. That's what we'll be praying. I've been speaking it every morning by the grace of God in prayer. And we got a good prayer meeting. It's almost like a camp meeting at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you. It's getting really exciting. I enjoy it. And uh, we go. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. We get, yes. It's like camp meeting at 6 o'clock here in the morning right now. It's, really, it's exciting. But we're speaking, and I want, this one of the reasons I'm going this way. I want God's people to be blessed. It's not fun struggling. Amen? The devil putting roadblocks, everything we want to do. No. But you see, we only receive what we hear. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of God. I've got to say these things. And as I speak, as you believe, God will confirm his word because he watches over his word (laughs) to perform them. So God wants you blessed. Your gold multiplied. Your silver multiplied. And he blesses you with the power to get wealth so that his covenant will be established with you as it is this particular day. He wants his covenant established in your life. He wants you to be head and not tail, above and never beneath. He says you are the showcase. You are the light of the world. Right? And I always say, not this little light of mine, 
That's a little light. We don't, a little light cannot light the world. Amen? But that's what God wants you to be. And you're not there. But believe it. Because he said so. Don't look at your own resources. Don't think about your own wisdom. I can go into this. Let me tell you, Abraham, he didn't work for what God gave him. Read it. God used a terrible situation to get Abraham to be very wealthy. There was famine. Read in Genesis 12. Abraham was a, he was a worshiper of God, took risks because he heard from God. Abraham, there was famine in the whole place, no food. And then he went into Egypt. And I started reading that scripture. Abraham was about 75, meaning uh, his wife, I think they are 10 years apart, right? 10 years apart. And, and, and his wife was 65. Uh, and, and, and the people said, man, this woman is so beautiful. We got to talk to the king about it. I want the baptism that they have upon my life. I'm telling you. Okay, you can laugh all you want, but be serious. A 65-year-old woman? And Abraham was saying, you know, you are beautiful. They're going to kill me for you. <laughs> 65 years old? Man, we get 55 and, oh, God, help us. <laughs> Please don't look anywhere. Just look straight at me. Okay. <laughs> oh Lord, help us. <laughs> this he said, they're gonna kill me for you. So please lie for me, okay? I wanna live. <laughs> Believers still lie, right? <laughs> and God used that terrible situation. He went in and they, it's a strange to read it. The people saw her, they said Nobody is worth this woman. Only the king. She's too pretty. <laughs> That's our heritage in Jesus' name. Amen. That's our heritage. We may not be that way outward, but spiritually, I like to think <laughs> inside we're like that. Okay? That's, that's my consolation. Okay? Inside, I'm just like that. All right? And so they said, only the king. And the king says, wow, I want this woman. And for that's your brother? Yeah. Man, whatever you want, sir, I'm going to give to you. That's how he gave him everything. He gave him male servants and female servants. He gave him all of that. He gave him herds. He gave him donkeys. You know what donkeys are in that time? Uh, uh, that's like Cadillac. <laughs> and then he says, yeah. He, he gave him donkeys. And then he gave him camels. In that time, camels, uh, that's Rolls Royce. I'm telling you, I mean, he gave him a lot of those things. I mean, why would you say he had donkeys and camels, she and female and uh, male camels? That's what he did. He, he gave him, and then he gave him gold and all of that. And when Abraham, that's Genesis 12, 
when Abraham, when it, when it was over, the fellow finally discovered he lied to me. So you think he's going to kill him, but he didn't. And he didn't take his stuff back. He didn't even take his servants back. And we live under a better covenant, right? If you go from Genesis 12 and you go to Genesis 13, it says Abraham was very rich. And that's why if you read in Genesis 26, when there was another famine that was similar to what Abraham experienced, I know Abraham has probably, he had probably told him what happened in his time when there was that great famine and how he got rich. And Isaac heard, saw the same famine, and he tells you in Genesis 26 that it was the same kind of famine that they had in the time of Abraham. Guess where Isaac thought to go? Egypt. You know what he was thinking? I'm going to be rich. Hello? But God had another plan. Because he doesn't do his things the same way all the time. We don't put him in a box. God says, stay right there. I'll do the same thing for you here. Like I did for Abraham. I have a different strategy. God has a different strategy for your life. Amen? Tonight, would you accept what God says? Don't try to understand it. Don't question it. That's what we do. We question it. How is he going to do it? Does he really understand my situation? He knew you before your mother conceived you. Why don't you relax and believe his word? Amen? All he's asking is this. If you can only believe. How many believers we have here tonight? My time is gone. Please stand up and tell God you believe. That's, take those same scriptures. If you got them written, take them down and start talking to God about those scriptures. Tell him, I believe. You know, I believe God can do for you what you've been trying to do the last 30 years. And for some of us, 50 years and plus, God can do it. And you can be as young and good looking like Sarah. Put this up again. Let's worship God tonight. And thank him for his goodness. For his word. Because he watches over his words to to confirm it. God is good. There's nothing that you've done. That can be so bad. That God will overlook you. You know you can start all over tonight. Amen. Let's all start over tonight. And tell God I put what is behind, behind me. I'm no longer looking backward. I'm going to look forward according to your word. I'm going to see through your words. Not my own ideas, but what I see out of your word. I'm going to believe that. I don't care what my feelings are. don't care what people say. I don't care what my situations are. I'm going to try God. I'm going to surrender totally to you and let you carry me. I'm going to trust in you, God. Father, I want to thank you tonight. Your people have heard your word. I speak your blessings upon them. In Jesus' name, I speak death, death cancellation for your people tonight. In Jesus' name, you can do it. Whatever depth, indebtedness they've been in, God, you can cancel all of that in the name of Jesus because you want your people free. 
you want them to have to take care of themselves and to take care of their fellow man. That is exactly your will. That is exactly your will. And you are well able to do these things. Father, we thank you for your, your people tonight. Bless them, Lord. Let them rejoice in your goodness. Because your goodness follow them. Every single day of their lives. Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you tonight. Please turn around if you see we have some video.